And we're going to read about a story now. I've called it the story of the transformed traitor. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 19. Let me just give you the background to this. You'll see it in your notes. This story is only recorded in Luke. And one of the reasons for that is each of the four Gospels, the writers were writing to different audiences. Mark was, Mark, they reckon that Mark was actually Peter's account of Jesus' life. And the, the number one thing and the main word through the book of Mark is immediately, straight away. He was just into the facts. He didn't want all the details. He just said, Jesus went in here and did this. And then he went on and did some other stuff. So it was a, that's why it's the shortest gospel of the four. And then uh, Matthew was written to war, for a particular audience. You'll get more quotes from the Old Testament in Matthew than any other gospel. That's because Matthew was written primarily for a Jewish audience. So what he was doing was, he was tapping into his Jewish roots. Remember, by the time they got to their Bar they were able to quote the book of the law. The first five books of the Bible. I had somebody, I think I said this, uh, I'm not sure whether it was here or in another, another kind of, uh, in a meeting. I had somebody who quoted the book of Hebrews to me one day. And I thought they were going to do the first three verses, because I could do the first three verses then. And they went on and on. i tell you what, it convicted me. It convicted me. Because if we didn't have our Bibles, would we remember some of the words? You know? Um, and then John's Gospel, uh, basically it's a Gospel and the, the, the key word in John is belief, eternal life. It's a Gospel of belief and unbelief. And then we have Luke's Gospel. And Luke is known as the Gospel where Jesus is portrayed as the friend of sinners. And here was a sinner. And we can identify with that because we were once sinners. Notice what I said? We were once sinners. What are we now? Saints. Saints. Who sometimes sin. And then we confess our sin. And Jesus thinks about forgiving us. And tells us we have to do so much penance. Oh no, no, no. Does he do that? Once we confess. He says he's faithful and just. And will forgive us for from all unrighteousness. Luke chapter 19. As I'm reading from... From the Living Bible. As Jesus was passing through Jericho, a man named Zacchaeus, one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business, and of course a very rich man, tried to get a look at Jesus. But he was too short to see over the crowds. I've been in that position. I've been at a football match in my younger days, and I was so small that I had to try to jump. I tried to get up on the, uh, the stairs. Of, a, of, a, of the terrace to try to see the match. But this man was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead, climbed into a sycamore tree beside the road to watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, called him by name, he said, Quick, come down, for I am going to be a guest in your house today. Jesus invited himself to his house. How would you like if I said to you, Annie, I'm coming to your house for a cup of tea today. Great. Well, thank you, Annie. (laughs) 
Well, that's basically what Jesus did. And it says, Zacchaeus had a decision to make. He could have said, who do you think you are? I don't want you in my house. But this is what it says. Zacchaeus hurriedly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Why was that? What was his desire? He wanted to see Jesus. Isn't that right? He wanted to see Jesus. He got his desire, didn't he? Not only saw him, but he had him as a guest in his house. He says, but the crowds were displeased. Who were the crowds? The religious people. And Jesus went uh, to, to this sinner's house and it displeased the religious people. You know, we can so easily point the finger at the religious people. But you know, we need to be very careful. It's not in our hearts too. And he says, uh, but the crowds were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They exclaimed. They grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, Sir, from now on I will give half my wealth to the poor. He was very wealthy. He was given 50% of it away. That's a good tithe. I'm, I'm praying for the first millionaire to come into the church who will live in 10% and give the church 90%. There are people who do that because they have an ability to make money. They just haven't come to the river of life yet. And if you're, if you're here this morning, please make yourself known afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it says I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor and if I find I have overcharged anyone on his taxes and we'll hear about that in a minute if, if, we, if he's overcharged anyone on his taxes I'll pay it back not just what I charged him but four times as much how do you think that affected his bank balance he gave half of it away and then I'm sure if he was very wealthy he got his wealth through charging more tax than he needed to and he had to pay back he, or he didn't have to but he said he was going to pay back four times as much now the government hopefully are going to give us a third of your tax back for those who pay tax Thank you, thank you. See Agnes afterwards. Don't say amen in a meeting. Put your, like Tony said, put your faith in the actions. Go over and say, Agnes, I want to sign up. Amen. <laughs> Agnes, you're going to be busy today. It says, I will and then Jesus told them, this shows that salvation has come to this house today, for this man was one of the lost sons of Abraham. In other words, he was a Jew. And I, the son of mankind, have come to search and to save such people. Tax collectors were despised among the Jews because basically they had taken, Israel was under Roman occupancy and the Romans demanded a certain amount of tax. Every government's the same I suppose. But they demanded a certain amount and then for this job of a chief tax collector they had, the, the, the tradition was if you wanted the job you had to bid for the job it was like an auction and you bid you bidded for the job to become a chief tax collector now can you imagine one of us 
bidding for a job to become to get more tax out of us sounds a wee bit familiar doesn't it <laughs> but can you imagine one of our own doing that there Paul Miner he, he bids the most and he's going to become the chief tax collector what would we think of Paul Miner <laughs> ask communicator man <laughs> but this is what this guy did and he bidded and he got the job and in getting the job he was guaranteeing the Romans a certain amount of money and that's all they wanted but it was up to him to get whatever he wanted above that and he was free to do it because he was representing the Roman government of the day so we can imagine if that was us and people did that to us how we would feel about that let's just put it this way they wouldn't be our best friend there was something and it says again in, one of the, in, in his book Stromata Clement of Alexandria wrote that Zacchaeus was surnamed Matthias by the apostles who as we know replaced Judas Iscariot as an apostle I just thought that was an interesting fact now whether it's right or not I suppose you have to look into the, the credentials for that but what it's saying is there was a change in this man's life and it wasn't an emotional response it wasn't just because Jesus came to his house something happened let's go through it verse uh, 1 tells us that Jesus was only passing through Jericho and there should be an and in there but he was always ready and available to be led by the spirit to change his plans and so should you and I we need to be have our schedule yes but if God says go here to go there because imagine Jesus was just expecting to pass through Jericho but a very significant thing happened verse 3 says that Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus now this is a strange thing but I'm going to ask it to you and to me do we really want to see Jesus because it's not just to give us a warm fuzzy feeling if we're serious about wanting to see Jesus he may have some things to say to us and then we've got the choice of what we do with what he says it's not, it's not automatic he works with us now he could have made it automatic and he could have zapped us and made us love him and he could save the world in a minute he could solve every problem in the world but he decided not to do it that way because not only did he give us the gift of his son but he gave us the, this gift of free will that we can choose whether to accept or not now many of us and most of us in this room this morning have done that and thank God that we have but you may not have and you may be coming here maybe your first time or it may be your thousandth time but let me encourage you you need to do that because by doing that you receive God's offer of salvation and you give him your sin and the stuff we've done wrong and he comes in and helps us live as he wants us to live 
That's really the good news. But listen, Zacchaeus, as desire was to see Jesus, and he was willing to do anything to see Jesus, even if it made him look like a fool. What grown man would climb up a tree? Well, actually, when you see some of the sights you see at sporting events, you understand the extent to which some people will go to. But here's this man, and he ran ahead of the crowd because he couldn't see. He was so small. So he was only expecting to see Jesus walking past. That's all Jesus had intended to do. So those who saw him probably thought he'd lost it. Because they knew him. He was a marked man because he was a traitor. And here he is. And isn't it amazing that in Hebrew his name means pure or innocent. And there's an innocence when a grown man runs in front of a crowd and climbs up a tree to see who's coming. But he was determined to do something about it as well. And some people feel it illustrates the statement that Jesus made in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 verse 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Nicodemus, or, or Zacchaeus, means meant pure. His desire was to see Jesus. And Jesus had already said in the greatest sermon ever preached, Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Nicodemus saw, or Zacchaeus saw God that day. Because he made a decision, he was determined, and he was prepared to do whatever it did, whatever it cost to see Jesus. That's the place that you and I need to be. I need to get to if we want to see Jesus. A lot of us said, yes, we want to see Jesus. But are we willing to do whatever it costs? Are we willing to change things in our lives to be more like Him? That's really where the rubber hits the road. It says, verse 5, it says, Jesus was tuned into God's plan for His day. There's no doubt that Jesus was an early riser. And I, uh, you can be sure that he touched base with God that day as Father. And he said, now Lord, our Father, what, do you want, what, what am I going to be about today? And maybe God told him about Zacchaeus, maybe he didn't. But what he could have done, what others might have considered a needless delay... Because remember, he had told his disciples earlier in Luke 18 that he was going to go to Jerusalem to get killed. So his focus was Jerusalem, but he had to go through Jericho. So he could have seen this as a needless delay, but instead, because he was open to the Spirit of God, what happened was it became an opportunity. Look at the result. And how many times have you and I missed an opportunity because we've been watching the clock, we've been too busy to to just listen and to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. That opportunity could have been missed and we may not have had the story of Zacchaeus in the Bible. 
And you and I have the, the, the probably the one of the greatest gifts God has given us is the Holy Spirit. For those who have come to know him and he lives inside us and we get to know him and we hear him day by day. And I just want to encourage us all, myself included, let's listen to him. Let's, let's, let's tune in and let his, his schedule be our schedule. Instead of having our schedule and asking him to bless it. Let's have his schedule and we know we'll be blessed. Even if it's the toughest day that we've had, we'll still be blessed in it because it's what he wants us to do. And verse 7 says the religious people were offended. And you know every time the Spirit of God moves, the religious people will get offended. So we shouldn't be surprised. The people who, listen, Diane is this little saying and I put it down, the people who, who were most right in Jesus' time were the people who opposed him the most. The people who were most right in Jesus' time, in, in their own eyes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jews, they were the ones who opposed him the most. It wasn't the sinners opposed him. I'm not saying every sinner came to him. They, they didn't. But what they did was, those that came to him, they were never the same again. And as I look around here, there are people here and your lives have been touched by the power and the presence of God and your lives have never been the same again. And you know what? It doesn't matter how tough, how tough it gets, your life will never be the same again. And that's the story we have. That's, that's your story and my story. I want to, I don't know if you visited our website and you went on to testimonies. And it's a bit frustrating um, because it says, coming soon. And it's been there for a while. And I'm thinking, there's a story in Anna. There's a story in, in Shirley and in Michael and Rita and in, in Helena and uh, Daniel, Donald. You have a story to tell. Tell it. Put it on a website. Just half a page. Thousands of people can, you know, you may never start, I may never stand in front of thousands of people, but our story can be read by thousands of people. Let's, let's use technology for the kingdom. Amen. And don't just complain of all the muckets on it. Let's use it for kingdom purposes. That's what he wants us to do. And to cast God is desire filled. Are fulfilled. Verse 8. It says he saw and he met Jesus. And he was instantly changed. Instantly changed. And it was both genuine and permanent. And you know what? It, it doesn't say... It doesn't say Jesus said, Now Nicodemus, you have a, you have a big bank account. And it's not right. The way you got it was not right. And you need to do something about it. Isn't it amazing when we are in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And he'll put a finger in this and he'll just say, you need, to, you need to look at that. Watch this. And it says, this is what it says in my version. It says, Nicodemus stood up. Or Zacchaeus, just testing you. Zacchaeus, I don't know what Nicodemus is doing in my head. Zacchaeus stood up. Thank you, Anna. Bless you. Zacchaeus stood up and this is what he said. Lord, I'll give half my, my, my wealth to the poor. 
And if I've cheated anybody which he knew he had, so really what he was saying, all the people have cheated, I'm going to give them four times back as much. Now that's good interest. Didn't the government give us, uh, for every euro we saved a few years back, they gave us four euro. I tell you what, they're not giving it now. Now, 25%, what was it? Um, 25, 25, it was 25% that were given, that was some deal. We, 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 we put some of the, uh, the building fund into an investment account. We got 0.5 of a cent over a year of interest in it. But here's Nicodemus. And because the Spirit of God came upon him, he was willing to pay back four times as much. Uh, tell me this, okay? Just answer this to yourself. Don't put your hands up. Do we owe anybody any money? Okay? I told you not, Diana. The ones who there are a few people at the front there and they said, no, no, no. And that's great that you don't, but there may be some of us who owe somebody money. Well, wouldn't it be good rather than just paying back what you owe? <laughs> I leave it there. <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't be good depending on who you, who you owe. But the, his response came about, it was his own initiative that brought about his response. And they're the best responses. If we have to be conjoled into doing something, it generally means we need convinced and we're not really sure about it. And we may know it's right to do it and we'll do it begrudgingly. But if, if, if it's initiated by the Spirit of God and we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. So be it. So be it. Zacchaeus got saved and he was a different man. And as I look through the story of Zacchaeus, and I've looked at it, I've looked at the background, I've looked at different versions of it, it is not recorded that he said the sinner's prayer. And you would have difficulty from Scripture showing where somebody gave their heart to the Lord. Now should we give our hearts to the Lord? Of course we should. But, well, not just our hearts, our whole lives. But sometimes we get used to the, the language, and we, sometimes we need the language challenged. Because God wants us to have a friendship with Him. That's why Jesus died. We were enemies. Our sin made us enemies with Him. And that's why Jesus, we just celebrated it at Easter. And what a wonderful Easter celebration we had here. The place was buzzing. There was something different in the air. And if you cannot preach a sermon on Easter Sunday morning, there's no hope for you. Because it's one of the it's, the, it's the thing that makes us distinctive from every other world religion. That we love, worship and serve someone who's alive. But you know, Jesus didn't give him the four spiritual laws. He didn't take him through the way of the master. Now those things have their place, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking them. 
But this man met Jesus. You and I have met him at different times in our lives. This man was never the same. He had an encounter with Christ that changed him. And so have you and so have I. But you know what? It's not, it's not to be talked about in the past. It's got to be an every day, a regular encounter that we are walking it out day by day. And some days are very bland and boring and all the rest. And some days what we've got to do, we've just got to put a foot in front of the other. And we've got to keep doing that there. But you know what, if we keep doing that, look where I started. I'm not where I started, but it may not be very exciting, but I'm in a different place. And now I can sit and lean this Oh no, sorry. There's something. There's something about just keeping going. No matter what. I don't know about you, but I'm committed for life. Giving up is not an option. Though he slay me, yet I will praise him. It doesn't matter what happens. Sometimes we think, well, if it works out, it's almost as if we're doing God a favor. That's rubbish. We owe him nothing. If he did nothing else for us, we owe him nothing. He owes us nothing. Just, just testing you. But even Jesus acknowledged the change in this man. He says, here, salvation has come to this house today. This man has been born from heaven by the Spirit of God. And he's a changed man. And then he says this, the gospel in a nutshell. The Son of Man, the Saviour, has come to seek and to save salvation, those that are lost, sinners. The fantastic news of the gospel is, no one is beyond help. Turn to a person beside you and say, you're not beyond help. I hope you're not sitting beside your husband or your wife and you're looking at each other. (laughs) Maybe I should have rephrased that. (laughs) So here's the conclusion and we're going to finish. We're going to finish. And this 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 is really for us. If you've never experienced this life changing love of God, why not give it a go? If you want to do that, please, at the end of the, uh, uh, in a few minutes, come up to the front. Come, go to somebody you came with. It's not about people at the front. Go to somebody you know and ask them. And ask them to, to, to chat with you and explain it. Because you know, there's no better day, if you haven't already done this, than today to give your life to Christ. To accept His offer of eternal life has offered a friendship with the living God and all you've got to do is acknowledge that you've done some things that you shouldn't have done which you know anyway and to realize that Jesus paid for those wrong things and all you're doing is saying thank you Lord I'm sorry thank you now come and help me live as you want me to live for those that have done it and maybe did it recently some of us a wee bit further back 
How changed are you after meeting Jesus? You think of it. How changed are you? Let's be honest with ourselves. And that was a lovely time of worship. And there was a time in it when we were just quiet. And that's what I want to get to here now. Just a time of reflection. Time of quiet. How changed are you? Uh, now let you know, we can put on a front, folks. We can fill the pastor till, and, uh, till you're blue in the face and he's blue in the face. Or you can fill leaders, you can fill, but you cannot, we cannot fill God. How changed are you after meeting Jesus? Somebody was talking, um, I think, uh, what connection was it, about the honeymoon period. I think it was Wednesday night around the table, um, this honeymoon period. But let me ask you this, is it an ongoing change? Because if we're only looking back to an experience last year, five years, ten years, we're losing it. We need to be thinking of yesterday, this past week. For some of us even maybe this morning. And certainly looking forward to is that an ongoing change? It needs to be many changes, many decisions that we make, almost on a daily basis. Some big, some small, but all are important. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, God's agent on planet Earth, is shaping us and moulding us. To reflect more of Him, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let's pray.